0: It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.
1: Alrighty, overnight crowders. It's time to have a bit of a deep dive into, I suppose, the AFL teams, where they're at, where we thought they'd be versus where they're at. And to join us to do that from the Inner Sanctum, Jasper Chalepa is on the line to help us start the show. Jasper, welcome.
0: Hey, Jen, how are you?
1: Fantastic. It's been a little while since we've caught up and I'm really looking forward to this chat uh, where we're going to go through alphabetical order. We won't get through all of the sides, of course, this week, but over the next few weeks, we might uh, start ticking them off and have a look at how their vital signs are going.
0: Yeah, it sounds good. All right. Nine-ish sides.
1: Sounds good. Okay, cool. We'll see how we go to go through. But one thing I need to start with, because this came up across the weekend where Paul from Essendon, I believe it was, asked me the question, And I just did not know the answer. And I tried Googling. I tried searching the internet. So I'm going to put it to you. So the question was, why did North Melbourne wear white shorts when they're playing at home against Geelong and then Geelong wear their blue shorts? And then when they travel down the road and play at Cadinia Park, Geelong wear white shorts and North Melbourne changed to their blue. Do we have an answer? Yeah.
0: (laughs) No, that's a good question. Obviously, they played last week uh, in Launceston, I believe, and and North did wear the white shorts because it's their home kind of kit. Um, the cats with the away um navy shorts that that clash kit for Geelong isn't wheeled out very often. Okay. Um, you might see it once or twice a year, but I, I'm not sure why. It's a good question. I'm not sure why there's these stipulations around when North and Geelong play in particular. Mm-hmm. Um but the AFL is happy enough with like kind of the navy blue of Carlton with the white shorts and the and the home guernsey of the Pies when those two, you know, are, are very similar in color obviously. I think um it, it probably comes down to tradition a little bit. Um, I think the AFL is pretty happy um, with you know Carlton and Collingwood playing in their traditional kits uh, more often than not. But um, I think North and, and Geelong are getting a little bit unlucky here because they're, 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 Guernsey's don't clash, really, <laughs> especially when North North is wearing that kind of lighter blue. Awake kit. So, yeah, it is ridiculous. And um, the question is the question's a good one because I, I can't answer it either.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we, we still wait and see. Sorry, Paul, I tried. See, I, I didn't just ignore <laughs> the question, I told you I'd keep looking into it. All right, let's start and uh, get into the first club. We're going through ABC order. So, let's start here.
0: We're the pride of South.
1: All right, the Adelaide Crows. How are their vital signs looking at the moment?
0: Well, that was really good. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, I, I, I'm impressed. I, I yeah, I, I tipped Adelaide for the spoon. I think uh, at the start of the season, so thought they might not improve from from last year. Um, but I think off, off the back of their midfield work, which has really improved um, in the first seven rounds of the season, Ben Keys is playing out of his skin right now. Rory Laird, we know how good. Years. and having Matt Crouch back I know he's a bit of an accumulator and they're out of fashion right now in the AFL but it's so important to have a guy that just has clean hands whenever he touches the ball and, and gets guys out in space because they have a few damaging players on the outside I think um, Jordan Dawson was a really astute pickup he's been fantastic obviously he won a game off his own boot in the showdown which um, will be the highlight of their season if they don't make the finals um, and I, I still think there's an opportunity to be getting Dawson more involved get him a little bit further up the ground. He's settled down back now, but um, I think his best work is actually on a wing. So um, I think Jordan Dawson getting more involved. I think Adelaide could could potentially, um, you know, climb up to a, to a spot around 10th, 11th um, to to end the season because they're playing some really impressive footy.
1: And who have they, I mean, there's been talk about uh, Rochelle obviously being an impressive first year so far for him. You expect some ups and downs when it comes to a young player like that. Uh, Tex Walker coming back from his suspension probably has shown a a good bit of leadership and seems a pretty important um, fella for the Crows.
0: Yeah, this is such a young side still. And um, as you mentioned, Rochelle, you're going to expect ups and downs, um, even with a guy like Harry Schoenberg, who they put into the midfield to start the season. He's gone back um, to the reserves to gain some form and, and kind of come in and out of that side. But. Um, you're going to expect that from a young side, and Adelaide is, you know, very much one of the youngest sides in the in the league. Um, what Tex has been able to do, to come back in the in the shape that he's in at his age, um, off that suspension, and, and to really put his best foot forward, has been super impressive um, so far this season. And I think, you know, as you say, this leadership and and to having the the right heads in the right places um, is going to be vital for them to, to actually progress and win games this season. And right now, they've they've got a really good blend.
1: Yeah, okay, cool. Well, uh, are, you, are you finished on the Crows? Should we move on?
0: Yeah, well, Whoop, I, I don't want to write them off finals either. Because okay. Because I, I feel like I've um, talked them up so much that it's not it's not fair of me to, to dismiss their final chance because they have been so impressive this year and um, I think there are a few good wins on the horizon for the Crows.
1: All right, light your work. Now it's time for this. We are the All right, let's have a look at the Brisbane Lions.
0: Yeah, the Lions are absolutely roaring. Um, they were my grand final picks to meet the Ds, and, and they're showing it right now. The, the, this this team right now in, in 2022 is in their absolute prime. They're, they're getting the best out of their veterans, like like Daniel Rich and Dane Zorko. I think the kids are contributing really, really well. Zach Bailey, um, Kitty Coleman in the last week came back um, last couple of weeks, and he's been fantastic in defense. So they've got this beautiful blend of, um, experience on all lines, but also a bit of, a bit of youthful exuberance. So, um, I think, you know, what, what the Lions are able to do, I think they've really set themselves up to, to finish in the top four again. And, um, from there, it just becomes them executing in finals. I think, um, Locky, Locky is, uh, is on Brownlow watch again. You know, there's been a bit of talk about him, um, through the first seven rounds of the season, being better than his 2020 season. I, I probably disagree with that, but I think, you know, what he's able to to do in the off-season after rumours of him requesting a trade back to Fremantle and whatnot um, with, with the young family, um, for him to be able to come back and, you know, put his best foot forward for the, for the Lions um, is really, really impressive and just shows, you know, what a consummate professional he is. I think um, jo, Joe Danaher out for the next four to six weeks is a bit of a blow, but I, I'd expect them to take... Um, you know, take their time with, with his return considering all the Ostiatus pubis um kind of issues he's had in the past with the Essendon. Mm-hmm. Um so I feel like you know, the Lions are in a really sweet spot right now where they can almost coast in um a top four spot because you know, their best is is easily up there with, with the best in the competition.
1: So genuine contender.
0: Yeah, it, it's about time for, for this lion side. Like I said, I think they're in the the absolute sweet spot for them to really make a big impact. And, yeah, at the very least, playing a, a preliminary final.
1: All right. Genuine contenders, at least the preliminary final, the Brisbane Lions. Let's move across to... We are the Navy Blues. We are the old, dark Navy Blues. We're... The old, dark Navy Blues. How are you seeing their season so far? How are their vital signs? That's...
0: Oh, uh, it's been incredible so far. It feels like a a sleeping giant that's finally awakening, Jen. Um, it, these are the you know the best signs have come. I think when momentum momentum's actually against them, it was completely against them against Hawthorne in the last quarter, against Port Adelaide in the second half. The ability for this club to actually win those games when you know the last decade they definitely wouldn't. They'd they'd fall over. They'd um, kind of crumble under that uh, under that pressure especially when you know there's a bit of conjecture about if momentum is, is prevalent in in footy but i think when you when you get a run on like that and, and clubs you know start winning clearances and getting the 50-50 balls um it's incredibly difficult to stem that especially as center bounces with the 6-6-6 rule so what Carlton's been able to do and actually scrounge out these wins when it isn't pretty's been really impressive and um they've probably got the best midfield in the competition right now led by you know Patrick Cripps playing like the best player in the league um, they've got, you know, two twin towers in Harry Mackay and, and Charlie Kerno. They've got Jacob Weering down back. They've got, you know, Walsh, Chera, Hewitt in the midfield. Feels like they have stars all across the ground. Um, and, and in finals football, that's honestly, sometimes that's, that's all that matters to, to win an elimination final or to, to make it through to a prelim. Um, so I think, you know, Carlton's in a really good spot right now and, and their rises come, um, quickly, but it feels sustain, sustainable as well.
1: Uh, while we're talking about Carlton, we have to speak about the AFL Tribunal. They overturned uh, young defender Lewis Young's one-game ban for that high bump. How did you do? You think that that was the right end of that story?
0: Yeah, well, he it, it didn't even hit him in the head. Um, the the opposition player, so I think you know, obviously shouldn't be shouldn't have been cited. It shouldn't have been a free kick, in, in my opinion. The, the only issue I had with it was, uh, was Young didn't even make an effort to contest the ball as it as it went past him, which was um, a little bit not, not really a football play, but um, you absolutely can't penalise him for the bump.
1: Yep, all right. So right decision has been made in the end. Anything else from Carlton?
0: Well, I think um, something that's, that flies under the radar weirdly is how good Harry Mackay actually is. Um, he won a Coleman last year for a side that didn't sniff finals. Um, and he's going He might. He might do it again um, this year. He's. He's an absolute. Um, he's just. A, he's a machine. He's still young, and I think he's going to be a you know a seven hundred plus goal kicker in his career. All right.
1: Yeah. Well, it's. I mean, when, and the conspiracy theory about the the brothers and whether um, we'll ever see them playing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm fully bought in. I believe it.
1: <laughs> I love that there's a conspiracy theory in AFL. All right, continuing to move along. <laughs> Time to look at Collingwood. How are you seeing them progressing this season?
0: Well, they're fun to watch, Jen, and that's huge for Pies supporters who have been thrown into the midst of a rebuild after you know a couple seasons ago, that trade period, um, that infamous one. I think their turnaround and just to be a fun team to watch with a, with a game plan you can identify and a coach that you can get behind um, is, a, is a huge result for the Pies, regardless of if they make any noise um, towards the latter stages of this season. I think you know having entertainers like Jack Ginnivan and and Jeremy Howe taking a hanger every week and Nick Dakoff running through the midfield is, it's just a fantastic team to actually watch each weekend. Um they're probably a team that is around that, you know, eight to ten or eleven range. I think they can definitely sneak into the finals, but it's not even about this year for this club. I think, you know, Craig McRae just has a game plan that can sustain the, the pies for years they're, they're not worried about time and possession or disposal counts um, they're just all about getting the ball moving forward, taking it on moving on from their mistakes because they're a young side um, and that's yeah it has been like I said an incredibly fun um, journey so far for the pies. Uh,
1: with um, the new coach with the new systems I mean yeah the fact that they are fun to watch, what expectation is realistic for where they think where you think they'll finish?
0: Well, I don't think they put an expectation on this season. Um, okay. And you look at the you look at the team after seven rounds, and you, they're in a position to be making finals. And um, obviously, I think in a similar mold to what Essendon did last year, if they snuck into the finals. They would struggled to win um, one in elimination, but uh, absolutely, that's that's something they can be targeting. Um, I don't think there's a an ambition to to make finals and and it be the be all and end all of their season, but um, it's just a it's one of those things that you can tick off early on in the rebuild, um, to say that we've already done this and now we can improve from from that stage. So I think um making the finals is definitely the goal for the pies.
1: Okay. Anything else on the pies or are we good to go with uh, them probably making the finals if they continue where they're going?
0: No, I will say that um I love Nathan Buckley in the media. I know he's not affiliated with the pies right mm-hmm. now, but uh he's been fantastic to to listen to and his insights as a kind of a coach coming into that media landscape um, is, is, is much better than a few others in the, in the media landscape right now.
1: Well, from a side you've dubbed fun to watch, I'm fascinated by, your, why, by what your three <laughs> words sum up of these guys are. See the
0: fly up, up to win the
1: they are really going to have to start flying up and up if they are any chance. Where are we going with uh, Essendon?
0: Well, yeah, if you want three words, it's, uh, I'll keep it simple and just say devoid of confidence because the players running around right now, they're not running off instincts. They're running off a game plan that's obviously faltering. Everything that could go wrong has so far this season. See Jake Stringer out for the next month with a hamstring has been announced this afternoon as well. Um, I think the only player that is playing off instincts Jen yeah, is Nick Martin, who hasn't had time to learn the Don system, so that checks out. He's a little <laughs> bit indicting on, on what they've been doing in the off season. Um I think, you know, as as a positive, he's currently my rising star whenever ended right now. I think he's an absolutely unbelievable talent that um I can't believe wasn't drafted a couple of seasons ago. But uh, for the Dons in general, um you you look at their defensive structures, um, transition defence, their their wanton will and desire to to tackle and run and um, help each other in a defensive setting. Um, and it's it's really dire. And I'm going to talk about Fremantle later, who's the polar opposite because, you know, their they're full-ground defense is as good as I've seen from a team in the last few years. But um, the Dons just have no identity right now. And, and now they're completely devoid of confidence because they're losing on the scoreboard. So you, you get the ball um, at half-back and you immediately look sideways or backwards because there's some perceived pressure. Um, you've seen a player be run down before and now you feel like you you're in the hot seat um, with the ball in hand so it's a bit of a hot potato that's why you're seeing Darcy Parrish and Zach Merritt have these high disposal counts it's it's really um it's completely different from when they were playing last season when you saw Nick Hind running off a half back and um, really like uh, pumping it deep into forward into forward 50 for Peter Wright and the like um, so it's it's Interesting to see how Ben Rutten can respond from this. I know he's a young coach, but um, he's had he's been in the system for four or five years at the Dons now, um, and he's, he's the man to be turning this around. I don't think um, the players can be blamed for anything more than the effort plays that they've been um, putting out there. So if they tidy that up, then it's all about the defensive structure um, and, and getting them to, to move the ball a bit quicker.
1: Where is best-case scenario for them finish to finish on the ladder? Uh,
0: they can... well the don started uh 2 and 6 last season they're 1 and 6 right now mm-hmm. they obviously made finals so you know you can't write it off yet but yeah. um i'd be i'd be very impressed if they if they finish anything better than about 11th or 12th this season i think bottom four has become a realistic um possibility uh and if if i had to pick a place right now i'd say you know 14th or 15th um is where they end up
1: all right. Jasper, what we'll do, we'll take a quick break here on the overnight crowd. And when we return, we go through Frio, Geelong, Gold Coast Suns, and the greater Western Sydney Giants. That's to come here on the overnight crowd with Jasper Chalapa and Jen Wallace. All right. We're back here on the overnight crowd. We're smack in the middle of checking on all of the AFL team's vital signs. We're going through in alphabetical order. We're just going to do the first half. We finished with Essendon just after at, at before the break. So now as we come back and... Say g'day again to to Jasper. It's now time to look at these guys. Rio Hevo, getting all rocky on us there, Jasper. Uh, How are the Dockers looking? How are their vital signs?
0: They're absolutely amazing, Jen. Um, I tipped them to to sneak into the top eight, but this is just an insane start to the season. It's been so impressive and, um, I love watching this side. I think their full ground defence, as I kinda of mentioned prior to the um to our break, is a bit akin to, to the Roth Lion era. And, you know, it's a credit to Justin Longmuir to to actually be getting them into these positions so quickly in his tenure. I think there's a collective buy in to defending the ground. They they're choking opposition completely, which is um fantastic. You know, we we've seen Geelong in the past few years be able to pick teams apart with their ball movement. Um, just out of the back line, really methodical kind of play, but they were switching the ball so much and they could not find anything. It was the same last week, um, or two weeks ago when Carlton flew over to Perth and, and they just, you know, they had nothing to kick to down the line. Um, and it was, you know, completely a credit to, to what Fremantle's been able to do and defending the width of the ground so well, as well as I've seen in the last few years from any side. So, you know, it's not the flashiest game style, but it's compelling viewing from a, from a game plan point of view, I think. What J Lo has been able to do—it's very different to a lot of teams um, in that top eight right now. But they're as good as anyone in there, maybe apart from the demons. It's, it's really, really compelling viewing. Um, and, and I'll add, Andy Brayshaw—I think—is probably leading the Bramble right now. He is an absolute superstar. At 22 years old, I think he is. It's—it's um, it's been amazing to watch his rise over the last couple of years.
1: And a couple of uh, COVID issues probably hitting the, the Dockers this week. They're having to separate training and those sorts of things. They come up against North Melbourne at home on Friday. Many saying they, they've got to make sure they win by over 50 to show their sheer dominance. Where do you sit with with how they've got to play this week coming up?
0: <laughs> well, if if Nick Clark is not playing due to that suspension, I'm not sure how North Melbourne is going to kick a score. Mm. So I, I fully expect Fremantle um, to get this job done pretty easily. Uh, there are a few COVID issues, but there's also a couple guys coming back in the names of Hayden Young um, and Chapman as well. Who's you know they're both really really important players out of the back six. So you know if you lose a few, you you gain a few. I think um, what they've been able to do compared to West Coast in dealing with COVID and um, over in WA has been you know really impressive. A credit to the coaching staff and and whoever's getting them. Um, to to stay away from pubs and and clubs right now because um, they've they've been doing really well um, managing it so far
1: comes back to that collective buy in so top four finish you think uh, on the cards for Frio
0: yeah absolutely um, if they continue playing this way they've got some big ins to to come back in, especially Nat Five Matt Tavener, Sean Darcy it's it's pretty insane to to think of the star power that's actually going to be coming back into this side right now. Um, so, yeah, fully expect them to finish in the top four if they continue to play the way they do because I don't think teams will be able to figure it out. It, they're, they're an incredibly good defensive unit um, and they work really well uh, going back the other way. I think, I think they're definitely in for a double chance.
1: Well, uh, the team they just beat that people are talking might prove that they are the real deal. Sitting four wins, three losses. It's time to look at... We are
0: Geelong, the greatest team of all. We are Geelong, we're always-
1: the Cats sitting 4-3 and three in 7th currently. How are their signs?
0: Yeah, it's obviously not a great record, but I just think this is a side that, that is chugging along in the regular season as they usually do. They had that tough home loss um, against the Dockers on the weekend to go with Easter Monday, which was um, a, a pretty bad one for them um, against the Hawks. I think you know the talent's obviously there. Their veterans are still performing, which is important. We haven't seen a drop-off from guys like Joel Selwood or or Isaac Smith, or especially Tom Hawkins. I loved what he's been able to do this season, leaving the Coleman right now. He's just aging like a fine wine, that man. Um, but yeah, they're, they're not as old as you know a lot of media makes them out to be. They have another year in them, absolutely, um, and they're going to turn it on when the finals come around. What I've been impressed by, I know they're only four and three, but I've been impressed by their willingness to change their game style they've they've realized that, you know, in finals it probably doesn't cut it, this, this kick mark kind of style, slow methodical ball movement. So they've actually they started going more direct, they started going quicker with the ball. Um and I think it's gonna it's gonna suit them in the long run because, you know, they do have some old legs, but they've also got some really good pace and, and fitness on the outside of stoppages. So um I think it's gonna play into their hands.
1: Yeah, experienced heads are also very valuable and I think it's something that we continually look and say that Geelong have an ageing list, but it's not like they're sitting out there on their Pat Malone with an ageing list. Everyone has, you know, older players. So, uh, but yeah, an interesting one for Geelong. Anything else for them as we uh, finish off our, our wrap on where Geelong is sitting currently?
0: Yeah, I think um, Tom Stewart's just oh, locked yeah. in the All Australian back pocket again. He's he's an unbelievable player, as, as good as it comes with a general defender.
1: All right, let's move on from Geelong. Staying in the G's, it is. The song I know the least (laughs) are the Gold Coast Suns. How their vital signs, Jasper?
0: Yeah, I tend to agree. The vital signs are all right; they're ticking along, but there's still a hot seat there for Stewie Jew. Um, I do like how they've become a more aggressive side. They used to be very kick mark akin to Geelong um, last season, and it made them a little bit difficult to watch at times. But this season, I think they're more aggressive, and it's coming off the back of their stoppage work. Having Matty Rauer back, having Noah Anson really improving, and then obviously took Miller um, is uh, just a star of the competition. So having that midfield trio with um, Jadwitz coming back from his ACL so well really sets them up to win enough games this season to to actually compete for finals. I just don't think it's all coming together in in other areas of the ground right now. I think. Levi Casbolt's their best forward. Um, that's that's not helping when you've got a, a guy, an absolute soldier like Levi, but he's not getting much help in in the air. Um, they haven't found a position for Jack Lacocious yet, which is you know after four or five years. Uh, I think it's four years now um, playing for them. I, they just need to find a place to settle him down and, and get the best out of his um, foot skills. I think um, just. Developing this quality of uh, you know an abundance of talent is the most important thing for for the Suns right now. It shouldn't be about the wins, but unfortunately for Stewie Jewett, that's what's going um, that's it's going to come down to the win loss record for for him and keeping his um, keeping his job um, past this season. So they're going to be you know judged upon that, and I don't think they're going to win enough games um, for for him to be staying in, in Gold Coast next year.
1: Oh, that's going to be a shame. I wonder, I mean, coaching-wise, there's a few that are under the gun. That's for another discussion, another week. Anything else for the Gold Coast Suns, or should we move along to our last team for this part one of our vital signs check-in on the AFL teams?
0: No, well, I mentioned him um, briefly before, but Jad Witz, if there was a you know comeback player of the year kind of award in the AFL, I think he'd be winning it because you know, he is so impressive as a ruckman. He, he rucks about ninety percent of the game time. He's coming off an ACL done about ten months ago, so um, it's super impressive what he's been able to do for the Suns as the captain and leader of that of that club.
1: Very, very true. Great shout out there. Now let's move on to the last team for this part one of our look at the AFL. Uh, our vital signs for the teams after round seven. The one song in the AFL that immediately puts the Simpsons in my brain every single time now. <laughs> <laughs> the Giants. They got their second win for the season. How are they looking?
0: Uh, their song's good. They're not looking as good as their song, unfortunately, <laughs> but they had a, a nice a nice win on the um, on the weekend, you know, just getting that percentage boost is important, considering how you know, the the tough losses they've had so far this season. They just have too much talent to be performing at this level right now. And a bit like Stewie Jew, I think Leon Cameron um, is probably not going to win enough games to retain his seat next season. I think uh, just for for you know the midfield, Tom Green has been a fantastic addition. He's um, close to an Australian blazer um, with with his current performances, and he's become it's a tough midfield to crack and he's become so good that they can't leave him out of it, which is exactly what he needs to do. Um, so he's been, you know, that absolute contested bull that they've been looking for. Uh, outside of that, there's, there's not a huge amount of positives for the Giants. Unfortunately, I think when you have a 22 year old, like Tom Green winning your, your best and fairest comfortably right now, mm. it's a bit of an indictment on, on other players of the club who were who are taken so high and, and, you know, counted to be absolute stars of the competition, and it just hasn't translated so far in 2022. Um, I think it's 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 going to be tough for them to make the finals from their start. They obviously have the talent to do so, but I'm a bit worried about the Giants. I'm not too sure if they're going to um, even up the, the win-loss ledger by the end of round 23.
1: No, it's a, a a tough one and yet again another coach that we're talking about that is uh under the pump. Uh anything else to the Giants while we wrap up this part one of our look at their vital signs?
0: Oh well, I think um Phil Davis is kind of coming towards the end of his career and he's he's got this injury right now and he's you know, he's out of the team. Um, I just hope he can come back and at the very least have a have the send off he deserves because um for that club over the last decade he's been an absolute soldier for them and um, you know, he's going to be an immortal of the Giants, in my opinion.
1: Well, Jasper, it's been absolutely brilliant to have you join the start of the show here on The Overnight Crowd. And next week, we'll go through from Hawthorne all the way through to Western Bulldogs. And I, I can't wait. So, Jasper, have a great week. And thanks heaps for your time.
0: I'm looking forward to it, Jen. Thanks for having me on.
1: Jasper Chalapa of the Inner Sanctum, as we looked at some of the vital signs for our AFL sides. We're moving through in alphabetical order, so ignoring the latter and just looking at where they're at at, uh, I guess, the almost a third of the way through the season, you could say. Time for your calls and your texts straight after this, 1300 736 736 and 0433 98 1116. Get in touch.